Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Well, um, I think this is actually going to be number three in this Limitless series that we're in the middle of, but starting today at the same time. Uh, I want to tell you ahead of time that uh, I'm going to, on Wednesdays for the next couple of weeks, have some sessions in here. We're going to do it at 7 o'clock. Everybody's welcome to come. Bring your notebook if you come, because we're going to do some homework together. I normally just throw the homework out and you do it on your own, but we're going to do it together. And the homework is going to be centered around you kind of refining what your assignment from God is and moving forward in that. It's really pretty simple. However, you got all these things inside of you that keep you from moving that direction. I don't know if you realize it, but most of your limitations are internal. They're not external. There's stuff that you deal with as you try to have, as you try to live life and move forward. You may have gone through some very difficult external circumstances but how they affect you internally keep you from moving forward in so many other areas. How we respond to what life does to us is a huge you know, facet of what we will experience in this life. So too often, Christians blame God on the condition of the world and our lives, and it's like He, he gave us this planet. He made us sovereign over our own lives in a sense. I know that makes some people nervous, but He gave you a will to choose, and He holds you accountable and expects you to follow Him. He gave you His Spirit and expects you to follow Him. But when you try to follow Him, oftentimes you get pulled back down by those internal limitations, and that's what we're going to deal with really for the next few weeks together. Sound good? And I want to get to a place where you feel like life is limitless. You might look and think, okay, well, I've got to deal with this. I've got to deal with that. This is going on. I acknowledge, you know, we're not going to close our eyes and pretend like bad things don't happen. Some of us are still feeling heavy emotion of things that just happened. And there is a process. There, are, there is an order to go through things to let it go. There is an order to deal with what you've been through, acknowledge where you are, and deal with it. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. Because I know what happens, and I've done this long enough now, where when, when you start to try to step out, maybe into something new, most of us, you're not going to just all of a sudden do something new. You just want to step more into what's already in your heart. I know that, and I, I'm looking around, and I know most of you, and I know what a lot of you want to experience. I know what a lot of you would say your calling is, and I know that there's some of you that are kind of doing it, some of you that want to do it, some of you that have started and dialed back a little bit, and I can promise you it's not the externals that are keeping you from doing it, it's the internals. Now, the externals are a factor, finances, all that kind of stuff, but how you respond to those externals is the bigger factor. So, I, you know, I've got, I've got three visuals for you today. <laughs> but that's, that's the, that is the power of neuro-linguistic programming right there. You say it in a way that sounds interesting and people go, ooh. You don't even know what it is. You're wooing. Isn't that interesting how impressionable we are? Anyway. So... You were trying to support, you were trying to make me feel good. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and some of you are like, why did I just go woo? Anyway, here we go. 
You, you can shift yourself in a second. You just can. All right, watch this. And I'm, I'm out of order, so Rachel, you kind of just have to follow me there. I've got my own slides here. We're going to start with this. Uh, can you see that? There are nine dots there. Can you see that? I can't see it on the wall very good, but on the TV, there's nine dots. All right, here's what I want you to do. In your mind, connect all of those dots with only four lines, and they have to be straight lines. Connect all those dots with four lines, and the lines have to be touching with straight lines. All the lines have to be touching, four lines, only straight lines. Now, if you've, how many of you have seen this? Okay, a lot of people have seen it. Don't raise your hand on the next one. If you haven't seen it and you think that you got it, raise your hand. Yeah, not so many, just a couple. All right, well, here's the solution. I'm just going to jump right in. Wow. Now, did you think you could go outside the dots? Now, you may have even done it a little bit differently, but the point is you had this internal limitation of, okay, how do I stay inside the box? How many of you felt like you had to stay inside? Be honest, how many of you felt like, yeah. Most people that haven't seen it, you feel that way. And that's because, because you, you didn't know, you hadn't seen it, you, had, you didn't know the solution, you looked at it and you had one specific thing in mind that you thought it was already in box form, that means I, got, I can't go, you just had what you thought what needed to be happen, and, and, and it, actually you go outside of that. That makes sense? Kind of didn't make sense to me, but anyway, we'll keep going here. So. Last, I'm going to go back and kind of reiterate where we've been, just to kind of bring you up to speed to where we're going. Keep in mind, we're going to deal with your internal emotions, because when you start to move forward, there are things inside of you that you've been through, that you have beliefs about yourself that keep you stuck. You had beliefs about these dots that just kept you from drawing points outside of where the dots are. And that's what we want to deal with. We want to deal with when you start to move forward. It's not society. It's not your race. It's not the government. It's not the nationality that's the largest factor. It's what do you think inside about yourself and what you think God can do through someone like you. Those are the kinds of things that we're going to deal with. So last week we looked at these attributes that Peter says to add to your faith, right? to add all of these things to your faith, and I'm not going to go back through them again, and we've had some homework in that. And if you want to go back and watch the last two, you can get caught up, but we will review those again on these Wednesday night courses. But the conclusion of those was this. If you're not displaying God's character, it's because you have forgotten that you're already forgiven. That was the point. If you're not adding all of these things to your faith, you know, brotherly love and all of this stuff to your faith, it's not because you're not a good enough Christian yet. It's not because you haven't learned enough yet. It's because you have forgotten that you have been cleansed from your former sins, Peter says. So one of the things that we learn from that is as you start to move forward and as you start to display a more godly, character-driven life, you don't try to dig deep within you and find something to develop that and grow it into something. What you do is you affirm what God has already done for you. You acknowledge that He cleansed you. And again, this goes back to the circumcision of the heart message. And if you haven't been here, 
I, I know there's a lot to catch up on, but the circumcision of the heart message is really kind of an undergirding thing. That message says one thing, that God performed a surgery on you internally. A circumcision that was made, that was done without hands happened to you. He took out your old heart, gave you a new heart. He took out your old nature, gave you a new nature. He took out that propensity towards sin and put in righteousness. He brought you from death to life. You were dead in your sin, now you're alive in Him. Amen? That's the circumcision that He did. He cut away the dead part of you that keeps you from experiencing life with Him. Now, here's the thing. We want to live from this life that He's given inside of us because that aspect of us is actually limitless and all things are possible to that aspect of what and who you are. And we talk about this all the time. Most of you have been here before, maybe a couple of unfamiliar faces, but you know that we always talk about the idea of ministering to your spirit man, ministering to your inner man, your inner self, to affirm and shore that up so that you will live from that place rather than living from the external aspect of what and who you are. So we want you to live from the eternal spiritual aspect of who you are, not from the temporary aspect of who you are. Does that make sense? There's a passage in 2 Corinthians, if you'll throw that one up. And it really it's going to be kind of the basis of, of how we approach the rest of this series, just from one idea in this passage here. It says, don't lose heart. Though your outer self is wasting away, your inner self is being renewed day by day. It makes a very clear distinction that there's two selves, not two natures. It's really more two minds. You have the carnal mind and you have the spiritual mind. You choose which one you're going to think with. I know I'm throwing a lot at you. I'm just kind of throwing some information out here, then we'll drill down on where we're going. But what I want us to do, what really what I think God wants the entire body of Christ to do is live from this inner self. Live from this place that is connected with the Spirit of God, that is always being renewed, that has always been given wisdom, that has always supplied grace and empowerment and strength and wisdom where all of His gifts flow inside of you. That's where we want to live from. Well, how do I do that? Well, that's a good question. You know who can teach you? Not me. The Holy Spirit can. All we can do is talk about it. You know, I can stand up here and yell at you and use some words and paint some pictures and make you laugh. But it's really between you and the Holy Spirit. If you're really going to take the time and deal with those internal boundaries that come up as you seek to fulfill the assignment of God on your life. Because that's really what it's all about. This whole series is there's something that God has called you to do. You may know it, you may not know it, but as you pursue it, there will be things that rise up inside of you that's, that make you feel like you're disqualified, that make you think that there are boundaries that you can't overcome, that make you think it's too late for you. Whatever reason, all of these things are going to come up and those are the things that we're going to deal with. So this Wednesday, we're actually going to go through a process to help you identify what that assignment is. And we can do it in one night. Just so you know. You can determine what the call of God on your life is in one night. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get any woos on that one. I've been trying to figure out that my whole life. You're telling me one night? Yep, watch. You see, that's a good plug for Wednesday night. That's going to be packed in here. Now, I, and I, I think I'm going to go, I think, I think I will live stream it. So if you can't come, 
It will be live streamed and then it'll be archived, but it will be live streamed in the Facebook group. So those of you that are watching online, make sure you uh, apply to be in the Forward Church online Facebook group because that's where I'm going to stream the, the Wednesday night sessions in here. Um, so to deal with these things, just like the dots there, you don't necessarily need new information. You don't necessarily need to learn something new. You just, you need a new perspective. You need to look at what's in front of you a different way. I was talking to Chris, our worship guy. Where, where's, where's our worship guy? Our, our worship guy, that's your official title, our worship guy. And he was talking about this house. They've just bought a house, moved in, praise God. Yay for houses, right? But when the process started, it was like, this doesn't look like it's going to happen. And then you move and do something, approach it differently, and then it happens. That's what we have to do, but learn how to do that internally. You have to learn how when those things rise up, how to move around, not just around them, but see them from a different perspective where you recognize, oh, that's why I keep getting pulled back in this area. I see now. I didn't see that before. I, I realize it happened. To, this is something associated with something that happened to me externally. Maybe I had this belief about God. Maybe I had this belief about myself. But now that I'm seeing it from this perspective, man, I, that, what? That, that is what's been keeping me back. It's like what we're all going to say about the devil when we get on the other side. That is what deceived the nations? Really? And honestly, when you're willing to be honest with yourself and deal with it, and the new perspective has everything to do with who you are in Christ. When you see from the perspective of in Christ, nothing is impossible. Amen? Amen. It's just true. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to start to take steps, maybe deeper into what you're already doing, starting something new that's on your heart, and you're going to bump into things. I promise you it's coming, but as you bump into those things, we're going to help you affirm who you are in Christ. Like Peter said, when you try to add these things to your faith, but you don't see them in your life, it's not because you got to be a better Christian. It's because you've forgotten what God has already done in you with Christ. That's the whole principle. Living from this inner self, affirming that you're already the righteousness of God in Christ, and then, from that perspective, dealing with what it is that keeps you limited. Amen? Now, most of us grew up with a theology that that's borderline blasphemy. Now, who is righteous? Who are you saying is righteous? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. So, you know, that's why we spend so much time talking about identity so that a few times a year we can kind of push and hopefully that foundation is there enough to keep you from losing your mind in the process and you can actually push through those things that have been limiting you your entire life. Think about that. You have limitations that you've never been able to break through. And all it takes is a perspective shift, seeing it from who you are in Christ, getting on board with how God would lead you and walk right through it. That sounds too easy. Well, you know, if it were that easy, everybody would just do it. But it's possible. You know what I mean? It might not be easy, but it's possible with Him. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to crack open that possibility over these next couple of weeks. So I actually have another. This is the second visual. Okay, here we go. This is, don't, don't put it up just yet. I want you to remember this visual as I go through these next passages because I'm about to talk about the heart. 
the heart is where you believe from. The heart is what stores your long-term memories even on a neurological perspective. The heart is where, you know, it's with the, it's with the heart that we believe unto righteousness. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The heart affects everything. You know, guard your heart above everything else because out of your heart flow all the issues of life. The heart is who you are at your deepest aspect in this world. It's not your spirit, but it's connected to your spirit. The heart is kind of this mechanism. Well, we'll skip that graphic and we'll go to this one. I actually was going to go into this one Wednesday night. So just, just real quick, those of you that have been here for a while, you've seen this. And I personally uh, first encountered this uh, image uh, from my pastor, Jim Richards, in ministry school. And I've taken it over the years and just kind of modified it and added. And, uh, but the same general perspective. So over here, you've got the spirit, either your spirit or the spirit of God inside of you is one. And then you've got your heart here, which God pours His love into your heart so that Christ may dwell in your heart so that you would come to the fullness of the knowledge of the Son of God, right? And so then the middle is the soul, and you've got your brain and your body. Now, again, I'm whipping through this stuff real fast. I realize that. We're going to go through this in more detail Wednesday night. But your heart is that aspect of you that is directly connected to God, it's the part of you that God gave you a new one when you got born again. It's the part that hears God when it talks about seeing with the eyes of your heart. It's a real thing. You have a, you have a capacity to see and perceive the spirit of the living God and how He's interacting with you. And it happens on a very deep level, even deeper than a subconscious level. Some say that it is, subcon that it is the subconscious mind. I don't really know that I'm smart enough to try to define all that. But there's a deep part of you that knows things that this part up here doesn't necessarily always agree with. And there are things that, about Scripture and about who God is that you know up here, but you don't really necessarily agree down here in your heart. Are you with me? You have things in your heart that are limiting you from experiencing what you know should be possible with God. That's what we're going to deal with. All right. Now, here's the other one. I want you to... Think about this image. Uh, really, it's a little short clip video. As I read through Matthew 13, 1 through 23, because uh, we're going to talk about the heart, and the heart is the place where the Word of God is sown. Right? Is this making sense to you? The heart is where you sow the Word of God. The heart is where you cultivate the Word of God. You guard that place where God has joined Himself to you. And from that place is where you have to learn how to connect with God and make decisions and deal with all of those boundaries that come up in your life. This will make sense as we keep going. So let's go ahead and play this video clip. So what this is is a bean seed. How many of you have seen this video? It's pretty cool. So there's a time lapse here. Day one, day two. Day three. Now imagine that the soil is your heart, the bean is a truth or a promise from God, and the roots that begin to grow are the aspects of your belief interacting, receiving the seed, right? The soil, if that soil was not nutrient-rich enough to feed this thing, it wouldn't grow. So we're at day seven now. Now, our tendency is to, all right, let's start looking at the fruit, but keep an eye on the roots too. Watch the roots. As the roots grow, 
the beanstalk grows. Isn't this fascinating? I mean, God designed this thing. Day 10, don't forget to keep looking at the left. And, and, and even, look, even look deeper here because all of these tiny little roots, and then if you could see it up close to these, there's all these other tiny little roots, and it's just, you see them coming in here? Day 13, no fruit yet. The, the capacity for fruit, but the roots are growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. Day 15, still no fruit, still no bean, but more roots. Day 16, day 17. What a genius idea to capture this, right? Now, if you could see in that soil, it's not just, it's like all spread out. You've seen, you pull up a root ball, tiny little thing, pull that root ball up, and it's like, wow. Now you can see they're growing up, they're growing out. Still no fruit, still no bean there, but this gigantic root system for that size plant. Now what if you tried to pull that up right now? Think about when you first put it in, and that thing sprouted up, how easy would it have been to pluck out versus now? Now this is, the, this is just the root system, 10, day 11, day 12. Think about that, the Word of God growing into your heart. The soil has to be at a place where it can facilitate this type of growth. Look at, I mean, look at all the different anchor points that this thing is going into. Imagine these different facets of the soil as different parts of your life, different areas of your heart where the Word is growing into and touching things. That is how the Word of God grows into your life. You plant it in there, you hold it, you meditate on it, you cultivate it, you guard that soil, you guard that heart, and it will bear fruit. The promises of God and the Word of God will bear fruit fruit. It just will. Unless. So let's read the unless, all right? I'm going to have you, if you would, Rachel, click through those and I'm going to read through these. All right, this is Jesus and he's teaching about the parable of the sower. Are you with me so far? I know you got like eight different messages all in one and I'm going to get you there. We're going to bring it in for a safe landing, but I want to give you a lot to think about so that as we start to deal with these things and as you start to step into more of that assignment that, is, that God has for you, you remember, okay, if I'm feeling the impossibility, I just need to remember and rest within what is already within me. Cultivate this. Hold on to it. Don't let it get plucked up. We're going to deal with how it gets pulled out. So let's read through this. This is Jesus teaching a parable. He first teaches it publicly, and then he goes back and he teaches it privately to the boys that tell them what it really means. So, the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Now, a lot of us have been taught that the different seeds are different kinds of people. And a lot of us have been taught that when it starts talking about the soil, it's different kinds of people. But what I want you to realize is the soil is not different kinds of people. It's different 
facets of heart condition. Now you within you, there may be some aspects of within you in your now in your spirit you have been perfected already. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that cannot be changed. But your heart still is influenced by this world. Your heart still experiences the word of God some in you know better in some areas worse in some areas. The condition of the soil determines how well the roots are going to grow in that area. So we're not talking about different kind of people. You can't just say, well, that's a bad seed. They're just a bad seed. No. What's going on in their heart? How receptive are they to the Word of God? That depends on whether or not they've heard the gospel, whether or not they've heard the truth about who God actually really is, the kinds of things that have happened to them in their life. You know, That's why you've got to guard your heart because your heart is directly connected to Him now you need to make sure that you're guarding it to let this word grow within you. All right, so verse 5, I think we were on. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. Now think about that bean seed you just saw, right? What if it had been thrown into the rocks rather than in nice, plush, wet, nutrient-rich soil? Uh, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some hundred, some sixty, some thirty. He who has, hear, uh, he who has, has ears, uh, let him hear. Verse 10, Then the disciples came and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the mystery of the kingdom of heaven. This is getting ready to tell you a mystery of the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it's the biggest mystery. And Mark, he says, if you don't understand this one, you're not really going to understand anything else that I teach. But to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, hold it on that one for a minute. Just keep your, remember that. But I just want to explain real quickly, this is not talking about God taking away from people and giving more to other people. This is talking about a natural function of what he's about to explain, and that is the heart. So in other words, the condition of the heart is what determines whether or not it will experience more abundance or that which it even has will be burned up and plucked out, okay? It's not talking about God, you know, playing karma with your life or something like that. It's talking about the natural function of how the Word works and how the heart works. Make sense? All right, verse 13. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. That's true of us sometimes. You ever feel like, I just don't understand sometimes. God, I don't understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart. This is what we want to do. We want to understand with our heart. Now, I'll just give you some bad news. You don't intellectually engage in this process. It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of settling some things down here. It's a matter of where you believe from. You don't actually believe with your mind. 
That's part of the puzzle is getting your mind thinking clearly so that you're not limiting your heart from believing because your heart, your brain, your thoughts can affect your heart and how it receives from God. Well, let's keep going here. Uh, and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them. I know I'm throwing a lot, but we're going to unpack it over the next few weeks and even on these Wednesdays, so just hang tight. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. So here it is. Here's the mystery. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, so what is the word of the kingdom, first off? Think about that. Jesus came and He preached the gospel of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom. This is, this is participation. There's not really any one specific answer because there's multiple facets to it. So give me some aspects of the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ that Jesus went out and preached. What do you know for fact is part of this gospel that He would have went and preached? Salvation. Freedom from what? Freedom for the captives. Forgiven. Sight to the blind. Healing. God is at peace with us. Reconciled freedom. These are all. These are all right. These are all promises. Unconditional love. I will no longer hold your sin against you. You are free from sin and under grace. Free from the law of sin and death. Right. You have been given the gift of eternal life. It is not by your works, but by grace, by, by grace through faith, right? All of these are facets of the gospel. So when you hear those things and you don't understand them, it's not your, your mind and your heart is not in the right place to nurture the Word of God. When you hear these promises that are available in the kingdom and they seem impossible, or it seems like, I don't, I don't get it, Lord. I don't understand. I know, that, I know in my mind that you said this, but I don't see it in my life. I don't get it. What's going on? You're not understanding the message of the gospel of the kingdom. How do you do that? Let's keep going. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, just so you know, listen, I'm going to jump ahead and talk to you about what understand actually means, and then we'll go back to that. This word understand means to comprehend, consider, to set or bring together, to set or join together in the mind. It's not just, I see the information and I get it. It's, have I set it together in the mind? Set it together with what? Set it together with your mind and your heart, understanding the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he's talking about. We're not just talking about, do I have the information? Do I agree with the information? It's, do I understand? Have I actually put it together in my life and in my mind and in my circumstances how the message can affect my life? See, because I don't have another message other than the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. I don't. This might sound like a bunch of psychology and breaking it down too much. And it's like, well, I don't really get why you're going into this deep and all that. But it's really for one reason to get you to the point where you realize you have to believe the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. You got to know it. You got to believe it. And you got to feel that it's possible in your life. All of the effects of it. 
Now, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, actually, about what the effects of the gospel actually are. So we're, we're working on putting it, putting it together in our mind. Because you could just say, well, I'm a Christian. I go to church on Sunday. I like the music. I like to kick back. But I'm going to struggle with the rest of my life. I'm just going to do my best. You ever, have you ever felt like that? You're in Christian. I'm just going to do my best. All right? I don't want you to just do your best. I want you to do God's best. I want you to live in such a way where you're living beyond your own strength. Yes. Amen? When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. Again, it's very important that you understand the precedent. The word is sown in the heart. This is what was sown along the path. How does the evil one steal it out of your heart? He's about to give you the answer. Just wanted you to have the question. Then we'll get the answer. Verse 20. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. Stay on that one. That was a big one for the early church. Paul, Peter, all the time were warning the early church people about don't draw back. They were under fierce persecution, boiled in oil, killed, thrown to the lions. Don't draw back. Hold the ground. Hold your faith. Hold on to your faith. Don't lose heart. Don't grow weary because they were facing persecution. I mean, I'm telling you, they're pro you, most of us probably we're facing beheading or Jesus. I'm not going to say that. Because most of us would probably say Jesus. I believe all of us would. Amen? How about that? But that's what it's talking about. Facing difficulty. Facing some external thing that challenges your faith and you give up on the faith. Alright, the next one. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Verse, stay there. That is what the enemy uses against you to steal it out of your heart. The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Is it not? This is what the enemy does. Comes in and when you have a fear, when you have a focus, when you are not focused on the Word of God being your solution, when you're not focused on the Spirit of God being your source, but you're worried about money, you're thinking about the cares of this world. You're worried about what's going on in Iran. What does this mean is going to what does it mean is going to happen? What about those Christians over there? What is the president doing? What does that mean for me? All of these things, we get distracted and we don't stay focused. It starts to rob what we think is possible. It starts to rob what God is leading us to do. All of the stuff that's going on out there. Now, especially money. Now, let me ask you a question. What is the number one factor that you consider when you're making your life's plans? Can I afford it? Is there enough money for us to do this? How am I going to get the money to do this? I'm telling you, money is number one in our decision-making process often. Now, I'm not trying to beat you down. I'm trying to enlighten your thinking a little bit because you do it, I do it, we all do it. But think about that. Honestly, think about that. 
Think about when you're thinking about life and you're making plans and you're making decisions and you're seeking to what you can and can't do. Even following God, you're thinking about the dreams on your heart, the passion on your heart, what you'd like to do for the kingdom, what you'd like to do for God. What's the first thing you start thinking about? It's money. The deceitfulness of riches. Riches are deceitful in two ways. One, when you don't have enough, you think you need more to do what you need to do. Two, when you have enough, you think that is your security. You know, it's funny. When you don't have any money, you spend all this time trying to figure out how to get it. And when you do have some, you spend all your time trying to figure out how to keep it. It's true. Talk to people with money. They're like always talking about how could I hedge? What are the interest rates? How do I maybe move this here? And how do I put that? How do I put this? You know, it's constant. It's constant money. I got this money. I got to do something with it. It's got to work. We do it all the time. That's going to be one of the things that we deal with in this process. What if you never worried about money again? Now, in some of your minds, you're thinking, well, that would mean I would have to have plenty where I don't have to think about it so that I got enough that I don't ever have to think about it. No, not true. What if you just don't ever worry about it again? I mean, you still got to work. You still got to have it. You still got to do, you know, do have it to do what you need to do. But what if you just didn't worry about it? That's a 12, sermon 12b, I think, so far. All right, let's keep going. As for what was sown on good soil. So there have already been three different conditions of soil that the Word could not grow in. Not because it was evil soil, but because it was either distracted or it wasn't healthy enough in itself to facilitate the growth of the Word. Notice that the three, condition, the three aspects of fruit only come out of the good soil. Now, here's a hint. You have good soil because God gave you a new heart. The Word of God is in there growing just like that bean is growing right now. In this moment, right now, the promise that you need to hold on to and believe that will bear fruit into your life and change your circumstance is growing right now in this moment. Now, the degree to which you will let it grow into your life is up to you. Guarding your heart, keeping your mind stayed on Him, repentance, changing how you think about things, confessing unto Him. Not a behavior that He then releases to you, but all of those things are to clear the way, to, to clear the junk out of the soil so that the root can grow. To clear the conscience, to clear your heart of all the distractions of life, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. That's your job. Don't let that stuff get in there. You're not trying to add to your heart the things to be a better Christian. You're trying to keep the things from growing in there that choke out the Word. That is where the limitations happen when we allow things to grow in our heart that keep the Word from growing. The Word is in there and it is trying to grow. And what we're going to deal with over these next few weeks is what is it that's what is it that I'm so consumed with? What is my idol, let's say? What is it that I spend more time thinking about than the promise? And it's not that just because you sit and you think about a promise, that means it's magically going to happen. There's an aspect of faith and grace engaging with promise and the Spirit of God that we just really can't intellectualize or verbalize. But you know what I'm talking about. We forgot to share your testimony. Let's do that next week. Your son's ears got healed. And uh, he said to me, 
something clicked in my heart. We heard this information, but I just decided, no, this is going to be our reality. That's The word clicked stuck with me, right? That click, how do you have that click happen? Well, you really, that's, that's the, that's, that is why doctrines like cessationism exist. Cessationism is the gifts aren't for today. God's not doing miracles anymore. The, you know, all the gifts aren't happening anymore. It's because we don't really understand this active engagement aspect of walking and living with the Spirit of God within us. We don't understand that we need to take responsibility to cultivate that Word within us and let it grow out of us. We think, well, if God wants it for me, then He'll do it. God's in control. Uh, you know, have you ever had the God's in control theology? Well, He's doing a bad job if He's in control. It's true. Are you kidding me? You think this world looks like what He wants? No. It looks like it looks because He gave it to us and we've messed it up. All right, man, I'm, let's keep going. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the Word and understands it, puts it together in the mind, takes the time to build that framework. This is where vision comes in. This is where sitting and knowing what the Word of God says in your specific situation, confessing it. One of the exercises that we're going to do in this process is confessing. You're going to write a confession list. And I don't mean you're going to tell God all your dirty secrets. He already knows them. What we're going to talk about is this is what the Word says, this is my situation. I'm going to confess it. Not to try to get God to change it, but to, until I believe that it can change. As for what was sown on good soil, say, I'm good soil. This is the one who hears. I hear the Word and understands it. I understand it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case, a hundredfold, another 60, and another 30. Now, man, I'm telling you, there's some crooks out there that have used this to talk about money and try to winch things out of your wallet to say that this is good soil. And if you sow, I mean, even to the point where they run up front and throw money at their feet right when they're making that point, because that point might be the one that gets them a hundredfold. You don't want no 25% fold. You got to wait right here at the seventh hour, seventh minute, seventh day, seventh season, the feast of whatever it is, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's why the world looks at us and they're like, what, what are y'all doing? Really? We need to grow up and live mature lives with the Spirit of the living God, under His direction, cultivating His Word in our hearts. And, and we have to realize that He's the one that teaches us how to do it. And that's that for that verse. Now... Let me just say this here. You can't just pray and expect change. That one makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, right? Well, but I prayed. I gave. I went to church. I did this. I did that. <laughs> this is what we do. We think that we've tried. Therefore, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to try anymore. It's too hard to try to believe again. This is what we do. You can't just throw up a prayer and not put it together in your heart and in your mind. If you sit down and pray and you do not walk away with a new perspective, you've just used the Lord's name in vain. You've tried to access the Father and His Word and engage with His Spirit, 
but you didn't really do anything to let it shift inside of you and you just walked away and you may as well just not have even done it in the first place. Because really all you're doing is hardening your heart even more. Much of our prayer is worry and fear-based and it's not designed to really shift our hearts back to Him, which is what true repentance is. True repentance is when you're serious about what you're praying about and you actually expect something to change. You might not walk out changed, but you see that it's possible. That, that should be the goal of when you pray. Whatever you're praying about, you feel that it's possible that it could change. Now, I know that real opens up a whole can of worms. We're not talking about other people. We're talking about you because that question always comes up. Well, I've been praying for this person. Well, you know, I'm talking to that person. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to that person. I'm not talking about you for that person. Are you with me? Because I can hear that coming up. So, you must be willing to change and you must take action to change. That's what we're going to talk about, is taking action. And your first action is this. Just take some time when you go home this week and think about. Think about that bean growing in that soil. Think about the fact that the Spirit of God is in you. Just medit- just, get, just here's your homework until Wednesday. Practice this one thing. Be still and know that I'm God. Just go and sit and prepare your mind and prepare your heart because you're getting ready to do some gardening. You're not going to try to fix yourself. You're not going to try to make your heart do something. You're just going to guard the process to keep other stuff from choking out what God's trying to do. Now, uh, things will be identified that you look at that you stuffed a long time ago that you know is choking it out and you just kind of become comfortable with it because you don't know what to do about it. That stuff's going to come up. Be ready. It will come up. Your junk is going to come up in this process if you actually take it seriously. Nobody left, you know, so... But it's just what happens. When you decide to move beyond where you really are, stuff happens. All of that stuff comes back up. I talked about it last week. When you decide to actually move forward, when you decide to step into that calling, when you decide to try to hear from God what your assignment is and move forward in that area, all of these things that you have let grow in your heart in addition to the Word of God are going to come up. And when you see them and when you deal with them and when you recognize them, doesn't mean you got to go through deliverance. Well, you might need to go through deliverance. I don't know. It depends on what your definition of deliverance is. You might need to go through some counseling to deal with something. You might need to take a course. You might need to read a book. You might need. There might be lots of things that you do externally for one purpose, and that is to feed yourself, to help reinforce to your heart, I'm getting rid of this so that I quit limiting the Word of God in my life. See, you're not trying to get God to show up and do things for you. You're not trying to impress God with your faith so that He responds to you. God has set in motion everything that we will already, that we ever will need from Him. His Spirit is in us flowing in abundance. And if we just flow with Him, operate with Him, trust Him, everything that we need, He gives to us. You know, it might not be Lamborghinis and golden driveways in your 20,000 square foot mansion, but it's what you need and abundantly to be a blessing to others. That's what the abundance is. Blessing to others. 
and we just got to deal with it. You know, I, I, I just want I just want to encourage you. I, I know I threw a lot at you. We've been here longer. Just a couple more minutes. I just want to encourage you. You can do this. You know, you you're not just the average nominal Christian. You're not just the person that has your ticket punched to heaven. You are somebody that can actually work with the Holy Spirit and watch Him do incredible things in your life. And you are that kind of person because you're willing to believe that you're not limited to you. You're not limited. If you're willing to engage in this process, and it's not like i got some patented process and I'm going to sell you some program. That, that's not, you know the process. Cultivate the Word of God. You know, do you believe, do you actually trust that God's Spirit in you is growing and His promises, His Word is seeking to take over your entire inner being into your heart and then it just naturally produces, right? The Word, the heart is there. The Word has been put in there. It's this other stuff that we let grow in it that's choking it out. And I'm tired of letting it choke things out that I want to see. I think God has plans for this church that have been limited probably by my own beliefs. And I want, to say, I want people to hear the gospel. Amen? I want to be a place that people come in like so many people experience. Man, there's friendly people. I don't feel like they're trying to get money out of my wallet. I don't feel like they're trying to make me serve in this. I, don't, I want people to have a good experience, not just comfortable, but not burdened, and actually encounter the Spirit of the living God. Walk away with some good news. Walk away with an understanding of what Jesus has done for you. And walk away realizing, man, it's easier than I thought, but I've got some work to do also. And the work is believing. The work is not, I'm going to make things happen. i got to figure out how to be a better Christian. It's, man, I, I have to figure out how to trust God deeper. I have to figure out how to not let other things choke out what He's already set in motion in my life. You know, when you really truly experience transformation, you kind of turn around and you look back and you, you notice that it's there. And if you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, I pray you do in these next few weeks that you, you have some moments like this. Those things that you've tried to work on and you always feel like you're reaching for it and never comes to pass. But when you engage in the different way, a different perspective, affirming who you are in Him, living from that place, standing on His promises, confessing the Word because it's true, not to try to make it true, then, you, then you're like, oh, wow, I see that differently. And wow, I don't have this limitation. And I don't have this struggle. And, I don't, and, it, and it just, that, that transformation unfolds and you notice it. I pray that that's what happens really this whole next year in so many facets of your life. I, you know, I don't want to just preach at you. I want us to really... This year, one of my goals as a pastor is to make this stuff even more practical. In other words, let's do some things together that we can work on these kinds of things. Mostly on Wednesday nights we're going to do this, not every Wednesday. But to try to really work out this salvation that has been given to us. Not work for it, but let it work out of us. Amen? Amen. Are you with me? Oh, yeah. The world needs to see Christians that believe God and know how to let the Word grow in them. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You. We love You. We trust You. We acknowledge that You're here. We acknowledge that You're in us. 
We acknowledge that you're moving among us. We want to follow you. We want to clarify what our assignment is. We know what our identity is. We are your child. We are your betrothed. We are one with you. We are people who you will never leave and never forsake because we've said yes to Jesus. All of that is affirmed and solid. That will not change. We will keep the faith in you, Lord Jesus. But many of us don't know what our assignment is, and we want to. We know that you have things that you would call us because we are children. There are things that you want us to do in this earth. Father, in this moment, we give you our hearts. We give you our minds to clarify what it is that you would call us and ask us to do, co-laboring with you to bring glory to your name, to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus, to be a blessing in this earth, Whatever the fruit of each and individual assignment might be, Father, I thank you that it, there's clarity in that. And I thank you that there's boldness and courage to step into it. And I thank you that this body is a support for one another as we begin to move forward together, as we either step deeper into those things that we're already doing. Well, I thank you that this is a community that trusts and believes you and knows that with you, all things are possible. Father, thank you. Thank you. We invite you into our lives in a deeper way than we experienced last year. We trust you and we love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this hard journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.